football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, here we are. We are back. It is the month of October, or is it Locktober, for our underdogs and for Three Dog Thursday purposes. It is great to be doing another show with this man, Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer for VegasInsider.com. All right, we're ready for another week uh, to dive in. I Hey, I have come this, I know it's radio, this close now, three weeks in a row to getting all three correct. I had two for three last week. You and I actually arm-in-arm arm took the Temple Owls against UCF out of Orlando and, uh, and were victorious. You struggled after that in the NFL, but I came up with, a, with an NFL win with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm saying to the audience as we, as we welcome you in here, they need to pay attention because we've got a little underdog role going on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin. Yeah, the Temple game was uh, very fortunate, to say the least, down 25-7, and Temple made a nice comeback, and they scored in the final drive to beat UCF, so that was nice. And I had a, a couple teams burn me in the NFL. Oh. The Colts uh, the Colts were plus three, so I guess we'll call it a push against Houston, up two touchdowns with two minutes to go. They <laughs> couldn't hold that. But the, the Ravens, I think, annoyed me more than the Colts did, which is hard to believe that John Harbaugh decides to go for it on fourth and goal to start the fourth quarter, and they don't get it when they just kick the field goal down four, and then you're down one, and you have one of the best field goal kickers in the league in Justin Tucker, where he would have made a field goal later because you were in Giants territory, but instead you had to go for a touchdown because you were down four because you passed on the yep. field goal earlier. Yep. So all you know, that was a bit disappointing, but you know what? New week, as we say. A new week it is. Oh, boy, I loved I loved the Chiefs. One of the things that I've honed in on, not just uh, in recent shows that we've done, but over the years, is kind of the why are they an underdog formula. I just could not figure out why Kansas City would be an underdog against Oakland. I know it was at Oakland, and boy, the Chiefs make me look good because defensively they were all over Derek Carr. And the Raiders got a couple of big turnovers against him in the second half. They go on to get the outright win. And I've got another one of those games that I'm honing in on, on why are they an underdog when we get uh, to the predictions uh, here coming up. All right, so let's begin. Again, we pick these games in college or in the NFL, and it is Kevin's choice, my choice, to pick either two college games or one college game and then save the rest for the pro games in our second segment. I always let you have the honors, Mr. Rogers, so go right ahead and give me college game number one for you and why. We'll start in the Big Ten with Purdue. The Boilermakers, they are at Nebraska to take on the Cornhuskers. Nebraska's, <laughs> you know why I'm you know laughing? You know why I'm laughing before you even got the sentence out? You're aware coaching change for Purdue. You're aware of that, right? Yeah, but you know something? Sometimes it's not a bad thing for uh, for teams, especially when they're struggling. You know, maybe get a new voice in there. It can't be any worse than the old voice. And we know that Daryl Hazel had, I think, nine wins and 25 losses or whatever his record was as the head coach of Purdue. Now, the one thing I'll give them is they have an excellent record since, I think it's 2013. Listen up. Eight and two against the spread. Their last ten is an underdog of 20 or more. So when they are substantial underdogs, like they are at Nebraska this week, that 
they step up and they're going to play well. Maybe they won't win, but they'll hang. And we always talk about, oh, if you take an underdog, you think they're going to win. In this circumstance, you don't need them to win. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, you take a team plus seven, you hope they lose by three or four. Okay, but you're getting 24 points. You hope they hang in the game, and it's still fine. They lose by three touchdowns, you're still a winner. And Purdue beat Nebraska last year. They dropped 55 in Nebraska last year, so they obviously have confidence. And for Nebraska, you know, they probably circled this game on the calendar. But at the same time, Nebraska 7-0. They're cruising along. The next two weeks, at Wisconsin, at Ohio State. Ooh. They got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. This is a let's just get through this game. Even, even if it's a revenge game, let's just get through this game. And we got two big road games coming up. We know Purdue had a coaching change. They're not very good this year. They haven't been very good for a long time. But for Purdue, I think that with them getting this amount of points, yes, they were blasted by Iowa. You know, they have a couple bad Big Ten losses. Okay, so be it. But getting this amount of points, it's hard to pass up right now. You are believing you are now president of the Gerard Parker Fan Club. He is the wide receivers coach who got elevated to interim head coach in this situation for the Boilermakers. How about the AD, Mike Bobinski, just got hired like five weeks ago, and he makes a coaching change in the middle of the season on the football coach. Man, talk about come in and swing the axe, but that's what's happened for the Boilermakers, and I I like the philosophy of maybe it's a look ahead for Nebraska, and that is a ton of points. You start off with 24 points uh, in that one in this matchup. Uh, Okay, so a, a game that I am going to go with before we even get to Saturday, I'm going to go Friday night. You know what you say it almost every week. What conference do I love to pick games out of? It seems like we have one every week. You and I were together in the conference last week. What conference is it? The American Athletic oh, Conference. Oh, we're going on through. Woof, woof. We're going to another doggy in the American Athletic Conference. And this one on Friday night, and I'm going back to the same dog, as in the Owls, as in the Temple Owls, and their matchup with USF, the Bulls intriguing game for several reasons, not the least of which is USF is off to their best start, Kevin, in their 20-year history. They are 6-1, first time ever, off of what was on the scoreboard a fairly easy win over uh, Connecticut uh, last week. But really, when you delve into that game, and I will in just a second, it was a little harder than, than what the final score might have indicated. Uh, so it's intriguing for that reason that USF's got a chance to be 7-1. and one. They're already bowl eligible. Intriguing after what you mentioned, the dramatic 18-point rally, last-second touchdown win by Temple last week with Phillip Walker leading that final touchdown drive in the final 33 seconds on four straight completions. Bam, 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 bam. They, they put it on UCF and won the game. But I'll tell you another reason uh, that I like this game is the revenge factor. Speaking of revenge, revenge factor for Temple, who late in the year last year was looking at the possibility of uh, of winning the American Athletic Conference Eastern Division and uh, and going on and and winning the AAC Championship game. They were derailed by USF in Tampa late in the year. So I, this is a revenge game for Temple, and this is the game that I made mention of. The, it, it's, it's puzzling to me why they are an underdog. I understand USF's got an explosive offense. I would think this is a pick game. I would think maybe even Temple might be favored by a point or two. I will gladly take the seven points because I believe Temple pulls the win off against USF in this matchup. I like the Owls in this game, plus the seven on Three Dog Thursday, Kevin. 
Yeah, I like Temple, too. I mean, I just wonder, you know, a win like that last week, hopefully they don't come out flat this week. But also, coming back home on national TV, and you mentioned, you know, the revenge game from last year, getting blasted at USF, that, you know, when you look at USF and, and who they've beaten this year, they have the one loss to Florida State, but really not a lot of substantial wins right. so far. And, you know, they haven't played Houston yet. Uh, they haven't played Memphis yet. They obviously haven't played... Temple yet, they haven't played Navy yet, so they haven't really played a lot of the good teams, the American, and, and, you know, teams in that conference, you have what you have, like, you play UConn or Cincinnati, you have to, you know, they're in front of you, you play them, but they really haven't been tested just yet in conference play, and I think that this can be a good spot where they get tripped up. And another thing that we've seen, and yes, they're explosive, Quentin Flowers, outstanding dual-threat quarterback, Marlon Mack is one of the underrated running backs in college football, a lot of people don't know that name, but he continues to pile up big numbers running the ball, they turn the ball over, and they did in the UConn game last week, again, I make mention of, they win the game 42-27, to and you're thinking it's an easy win, but they had a stretch in the second and the third quarter where they turned it over four times in five possessions, and to your point, if you're playing playing a better team when you do something like that you get whipped you get blown out they were playing a bad UConn team and got away with it I just like the spot here I can't figure out why Temple wouldn't be favored they get seven points I'm taking that all the way on three dog Thursday let's continue and Kevin where are you going next in college uh, for underdoggy number two I'm going out to the Mountain West. A uh, bit of an obscure game but I got good reasons behind it like we always say it doesn't have to be you know, Alabama and LSU for for a game to win. I mean, you, you can take any game and a win's a win. And I like the Nevada Wolfpack. They're playing Wyoming coming up on Saturday uh, on Saturday in the Mountain West. And a couple things here with Wyoming. Number one, that they are a horrible road team. I can't I can't put it any other way than that. <laughs> They're two and seventeen the last nineteen on the road, uh, dating back the last few years. Now, one of those wins. Uh, did come on the road at Colorado State uh, a few weeks ago. They had a nice win uh, on the road as an underdog, but they're in the favorite role. They were favored at Eastern Michigan earlier this year, and they lost. Now they're going to Nevada, coming off of a win over Air Force as a two-touchdown home underdog. So now you're a home underdog, good win. Now you're flipping to a road favorite, and you know Nevada, you know they've struggled a bit this year. Uh, every loss they have has come on the road. Both their wins have come at home. So this is more of a fate of Wyoming than really backing Nevada. But uh, I just think it's hard to get over Wyoming's woes on the road. And for them to be laying points in a situation like this where they're coming off a big home win last week over one of the better teams in the Mountain West and Air Force, I think that uh, this is a good spot to go against them at, at, uh, at Nevada. All right, I will say this, that in the entire season of predictions of college football, you are the first to dip your toe into the deep end of the pool with the Mountain West Conference. I don't think we've had a Mountain West doggy all year, but you've got Nevada Wolfpack uh, going against Wyoming in this matchup, getting the four and a half points uh, in that one, so... Yeah, I mean, again, it does. It could be an obscure situation. It's just what you like and what you feel. Uh, T.J. Reeves, Kevin Rogers with you. It is Three Dog Thursday, and we continue picking underdogs exclusively on this digital radio show. If you're new to the program, by the way, first time that you're finding us, you not only can hear us through our friends at RadioInfluence.com, but subscribe to this show on iTunes or on Stitcher, two great ways to find this show on demand in podcast form. Uh, again, subscribe 
to it. You can automatically download it. You can rate the show, promote us, and let everybody know what you think of the underdog picks and the banter back and forth. Again, we pick these games in combination college and NFL, two from one, one from the other. I'm going to go again with a second college underdog. Uh, I, I really like, I'm going to go Big 12. Now, I got burned in the Big 12 last week by Oklahoma against Kansas State. How about Bob Stoops on the stat now? Kevin Rogers is 18-1 and after the Texas game. No matter what happens in the Texas game, win or lose, the next week, straight up, he's 18-1. and Do not go against Stoops in that game. I paid the price uh, last week. Kansas State just couldn't keep it close enough uh, at Norman in that matchup. I'm going to stay in the Big 12, though, and I'm going to go with the TCU Horn Frogs, the Froggies off of a bye week going to West Virginia to play the Mountaineers. Who, who turned in a gem of a defensive performance. Kevin, are you aware of what West Virginia did to Texas Tech last week uh, defensively, the job that they were able to do? Because it, it was it was impressive what they did against the Red Raiders. Are you aware of some of the numbers? Well, I actually had West Virginia on the site, so I watched yep. a good chunk of that game. And uh, Texas Tech, their only touchdown they had for a while was a Pat Mahomes uh, third and 29 that he slung down the field and the receiver got behind the secondary for like a 40-yard touchdown. And that was the only touchdown they had scored for a long time. But West Virginia's defense really stepped up where Texas Tech's offense, you know, they go up and down the field and they really didn't do anything last yeah. week. How about 17 points only? Tony Gibson is the new defensive coordinator. They held him to 17 points. Texas Tech had scored at least 50 points in nine straight home games. So a great job by West Virginia defensively, but they're going to have to be equally as good against Kenny Hill and company. I know Hill had a bad game against Kansas, the game they barely won two weeks ago before the bye, but I think he has a bounce-back game. He's a veteran quarterback that is, has won not only at TCU, uh, but has previously won at Texas A&M in big road spots. The Froggies have had individual success with Gary Patterson head-to-head against TCU and Holgerson over and over again. Uh, I, I just I like this. Even though they're the road team, I like them as the underdog. I will take the 6.5 with TCU in this matchup with West Virginia. Uh, I know uh, another stat, uh, uh, too, as part of this is that the uh, the Horn Frogs have been throwing it a bunch, scoring a bunch. I mean, Kenny Kenny Hill has got four four hundred yard total offense games, and the Frogs are averaging forty points, and that's despite the bad game they had against Kansas. I think TCU will put points on the board and, and may very well win this game outright. So I'm taking the six and a half points, Kevin Rogers. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, TCU. Obviously, uh, we know they're good enough to hang with, or if not, beat West Virginia and. Now, not to say the line is inflated in a bit, but you know people look at you know West Virginia's defensive performance against Texas Tech last week, and it was very impressive. And looking ahead, at least for West Virginia, that you know if they can find a way to run the table, maybe they have a shot to be in the top four. But when you're playing TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Baylor, like they yeah. have the work cut out for them. And no matter what people say about the Big Twelve, if they want to trash the Big Twelve. There's no easy games in there, really. I mean, besides playing maybe like a Kansas or, I mean, even Iowa State has improved a little bit this year, that they've been more competitive, that, you know, you're you're playing some of those teams and anything can really happen where yeah. West Virginia can finish with three losses or finish undefeated. And the big thing in the Big 12 is nobody seems to play defense, or a whole lot of it, and West Virginia has. And West Virginia with nine new defensive players this year. That is coaching with a capital C. They have been coached up so far 
uh, this year. Hey, give me 30 seconds before we pause because we're going to come back and talk pro football. Alabama, Texas A&M, neither one of us are going to take A&M in the points. Alabama looks indestructible right now. I mean, good God, the seven straight games with a defensive touchdown. They annihilated Tennessee last week. That's one of the marquee games this weekend. Give me a, just give me a thought on Alabama A&M. You're not going to get 17 points with A&M for a very long time. But at the same time, too, with, with Alabama, I think the Ozmakers are daring you to take them again just because of what they've done, putting up all these points against you. USC early against Arkansas a few weeks ago against Tennessee and Knoxville, that they can just score and score in so many different ways. I'm, I don't love the game either way. But, uh, you know, it, it's hard to go against them at this point, but also you got to look at A&M and say, wow, you're getting 17. Yeah. And we know that Kevin Sumlin has had a little bit of success against Nick Saban in the past. And how about these two storylines? Last time A&M in Tuscaloosa got beat 59 nothing. Kenny Hill was the quarterback. 59 nothing. Alabama two years ago. But also a couple of years ago, the last time Alabama played Trevor Knight, the quarterback, he was a quarterback at Oklahoma, and it was the Sugar Bowl, and Oklahoma pulled the upset. So those are a couple storylines in that big game. Again, you and I are leaving that game alone for Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, stand by. We've got more on the way. Kevin likes an AFC West team as a road doggy. I like an NFC stalwart that is getting points this week. Find out about our pro football underdogs when Three Dog Thursday continues. Stay with us. Is debt beating you down? You need discipline. You need the Debt Ninja. If you've been caught in a financial trap and need to be set free, then you need the Debt Ninja. Want to stop those harassing collection calls? Start saving thousands in interest and fees and get out of debt fast? Then you need to call the Debt Ninja. The Debt Ninja will find the best companies across the country that will help you consolidate all your bills into one easy payment, reduce your payments by 30 to 50%, and get you out of debt fast. If you have unsecured debt of $10,000 or more, such as credit cards, loans, or medical bills, call the Debt Ninja for a free 15-minute consultation. Call 800-839-5518. 800-839-5518. That's 800-839-5518. Call today. The Debt Ninja. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Yes, the show does roll on again. Uh, whether you're just joining us for the first time or you're regularly hearing us through RadioInfluence.com or maybe you're subscribing on iTunes or on Stitcher, you can spread the word, rate the show on iTunes and Stitcher. You can obviously follow this show at Three Dog Thursday on Twitter uh, as well. And we love the uh, the insight. You can follow Kevin Rogers and all of his insight and analysis at VI Rogers for Vegas Insider. At VI Rogers is where you find him. He's a senior handicapper and writer on that website. Does a great job breaking the games down for us. I'll let him plug away a little more on that. Are you ready to roll the sleeves up and talk a little pro football uh, this week, my friend? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's another big week uh, this week. And, again, trying to figure out these teams, trying trying to see – who is for real? You have a couple of good matchups. See if the Vikings can stay undefeated on the road. You have a couple teams traveling from west to east. 
you know, you have the Buccaneers going from, from yep. east to west, so yep. uh, a lot of travel coming up this week. In the I, will, uh, I will be heading out after our show is done here with the Buccaneers to uh, Santa Clara, California, and the 49ers and the Bucks playing uh, this weekend. Of course, Kevin is also affiliated with the Miami Dolphin radio broadcast, and Jay Ajayi with a 200-yard rushing game last week, and the, the Dolphins get ready to play the Bills wearing the old-school throwback 1970s uh, Dolphins uh, attire and helmets, so that'll be interesting uh, for this weekend. All right, I don't know where you are going to go for Three Dog Thursday. I do have an idea that you're not going to go with John Harbaugh and the Ravens. How wild is it that they're playing back-to-back road games in the same stadium at MetLife Stadium? Giants last week, Jets this week. I, I know you're not going Ravens, so that's that's that matchup. Where are you going for your NFL underdog, sir? The Georgia Dome for the San Diego Chargers, who, by the way, on a side note, I love those color rush blue uniforms last oh, week against Denver. Those oh, were great. Yeah, the uh, the blue uh, with that old school white helmet. Yeah, that was solid uh, on those. They they, uh, they had the blue, and then uh, the Broncos had the blues after that, after that Thursday night game. All right, so Chargers, one thing is for sure, they do not play boring games. They do not have dull finishes. Every one of these things is a cliffhanger, Kevin. Yeah, the Chargers, we've seen them blow a couple games this year, and you know we know the laundry list, losing at Kansas City, losing at Indianapolis, uh, losing to the Raiders, that uh, they've had a lot of games that they've thrown away so far this year. But, you know, I look at Atlanta, and they're coming off of a, a really good win at Denver. Then they get tripped up at Seattle where they were down and they came back, and then they couldn't hold it at the end. And now Atlanta's at home for the first time in a few weeks. The last time they were at home was against Carolina, and they were an underdog. So what's interesting with the Falcons is, for as good as they've been, they were a favorite last in week one against Tampa Bay. That was a game that the Falcons yep. lost to the Buccaneers. Yep. So it's been a while for them. Dan Quinn has been an excellent underdog since he's been the head coach of the Falcons. But as a favorite, not so good. You want to know his ATS record as a please, favorite since please. last year? Yes, please. One and nine. Eh, eh. That's uh, one like and nine. that's like one more than we've won. ATS. That's not good. Exactly. That's not good. One and nine in ten opportunities in the favorite role for Dan Quinn, the coach of the Falcons, and now they're laying points against the San Diego team, who is coming off a few extra days of rest after beating the Broncos last Thursday night, and you know, in spite of all the travel stuff that we've seen them hang in these games. And, you know, for the Falcons, that they've, they've come off, you know, I mean, they played Seattle, Denver, and Carolina the last three games. Like, I mean, that is not easy. For, for as bad as Carolina has been, uh, you know, it still is three Super Bowl-type teams that they played. So, you know, now you get San Diego, and you wonder if you're overlooking them or what. Right. But uh, I, I just think this is a situation where the Chargers are better than their record indicates. They're 3-1 ATS this year as an underdog. And for the Falcons, just this could be a spot where everyone has maybe overvalued them a bit. Remember, they started off, I think, 5-0 last year before they went their tailspin. Now we're at that time of year again. Do they go in that same tailspin again? Well, and for Atlanta, back-to-back trips, one to Mile High and Denver, came back home, then went back out all the way out to Seattle and back home. You wonder if that will affect them. They are playing at home. And, of course, you can weigh in real quick here before we move on. The non-call on pass interference on the fourth down play at the end, needing only a field goal against the uh, the Seahawks. Been a lot of controversy on that. You got anything you want to say on that? Because I've got a couple of points. You got anything on the, on the non-call on the Julio Jones fourth down play that everybody's buzzed about? 
the long past of Julio Jones. Yes, correct. Um, Bad call, really but it wasn't the whole game. I mean, it was. I mean, it's obvious that there should have been something called. But here's the thing that I hone in on: is on the possession before you're throwing the ball, leading the game by one on first down, and Julio Jones put two hands up and didn't catch it and batted the ball up in the air and gave the Seahawks the interception and the eventual game-winning points. So you can complain about him only having one arm on that attempt, or you can complain about him having both arms earlier in the game, Kevin, trying to go for that pass with about three minutes left. Well, what I would understand was I know the play that bounced off his hands and Seattle intercepted it was why Atlanta just wasn't running the ball. There was yeah, so much time exactly. left. What are they rushing up the field for? There's no reason to. Just run the ball a bit. You can move up the field. You're not in the shadow of your own goalpost. Like you're, you're at the 35-yard line or so of, of your, your own 35 or, or 40. That Why don't you try to run the ball and run some clock? You have good running backs. Don't be afraid of that. So that, I, that one I'd be more upset at if you had the Falcons because you say, I mean, if you had them you know, even on the money line, I know they covered the spread, but – you know, if you want Atlanta to win, now why are you throwing the ball in that situation? It just didn't make sense. I got you on that. So Falcons and Chargers, you will take San Diego in the six and a half points with Phillip Rivers and company. And again, their defense did play well in that game uh, against Denver at home. We'll see if it translates uh, against Julio Jones and Sanu and the Falcons. All right, I am going to, speaking of Seattle... And again, kind of under the same heading, the Seahawks have been uh, really one of the best teams in the NFL week in and week out for going on about four years now with Russell Wilson at the helm. This is a large game in the NFC West at Arizona. It is the Sunday night game, and I was again surprised to see Seahawks a two-point underdog i know seattle is a bit banged up as well russell wilson is playing injured thomas rawls the running back got injured earlier in the year they lost tight end luke wilson in the fourth quarter of that game with a knee injury he's question mark uh right now often offensively for seattle they've had a couple of injuries on defense cam chancellor didn't play last week so we got all of that as the backdrop for this game against the the cardinals who won on monday night against the jets I like Seattle in this spot. I like the uh, the play of Russell Wilson. I like the aggressiveness of the Seahawks' defense. They've begun to incorporate Jimmy Graham a little bit more in the passing game. Give me Seattle against Arizona plus the two in this matchup uh, in uh, in Glendale, Arizona. That'll be my third underdog for this week. Do you have... Any comments here on Seahawks? They're another team that doesn't play any dull games. It seems like all of their games come come down to the final minute or the final possession. Yeah, last year the two teams played in Seattle on a Sunday night, and Arizona outlasted them in a 39-32 game. And now Seattle's uh, traveling down to Arizona for uh, a little bit of revenge, you would think. Uh, but you know, look at the Cardinals, where they've been just so up and down so far. They beat the Jets on Monday night, which I don't know how much that really means. The Jets made a quarterback change. Now Geno Smith is starting. So, you know, you go from, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick to Russell Wilson yeah. is, is a major slight, upgrade there. Slight upgrade there. I agree. Yeah, slight upgrade. But uh, but for the Cardinals, look, David Johnson's run the ball very well for them. Arizona, for years, has gone through this merry-go-round of running backs. They can't figure out, you know, who could be their guy. Maybe David Johnson is the guy, you know, moving forward. And if Carson Palmer, you know, can maybe hit a long ball or two, they got a shot. But, you know, it, it, it feels like it'll be, you know, a 17-14, 2017 type game either way. And Seahawks just seem to be winning those games. And Carson Palmer is hot and cold. 
He's been good at times, but you know the, the Buffalo loss, he was terrible, uh, did not play well, got the concussion um, in the game with the Rams, ended up that he did not play in the Thursday night game after that, after having the concussion when they won over the 49ers. So another primetime game for Arizona. Talk about being the darlings. This is their seventh week of the season and the fourth time in primetime on Sunday night, Monday night, or on Thursday night. I, I just like the Seahawks in that spot. Uh, Wilson to, to work his magic, the Seahawk defense to make enough plays and to get that win in that matchup. All right, any other game that jumps out at you, not necessarily for Three Dog Thursday purposes? We haven't said anything about Tom Brady on this show, just butchering back-to-back weeks the AFC Central opponents, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Now they they got to be licking their chops even though they're at Pittsburgh with no Roethlisberger. Uh, New England, well-oiled machine here. Uh, I know you and I are not taking this game for Three Dog Thursday purposes with the Steelers, but New England looks fantastic right now with Brady back. Real quick. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to dispute there. And obviously with Big Ben out that, you know, I don't know how the Steelers are going to put up any points. Uh, You know, they had a bad performance against the Dolphins uh, last week. But Brady, it's amazing how old he is, and it doesn't matter. He comes back and he still throws the ball over the place, and it's like he never missed a day. I mean, he's the MVP in two weeks. You know, I mean, I wonder if he would win the MVP in a 12-game, you know, season. But, uh, yeah, the Patriots right now, they got a click in, and they have one loss so far. And, they, and Brady plays against the Bills, they probably win that game. So, for New England, uh, things are looking up for them. Right yeah, now. very much so. They started getting Gronkowski involved uh, for the first time. And uh, in the game last week with Cincinnati, look out for the Patriots. Okay, in about 60 seconds, we've got to get out of here shortly. Tell me more, Kevin Rogers, about VegasInsider.com as everything is rocking and rolling, including with the football season. Yeah, what a busy time right now. I mean, next week we'll have the World Series, NBA, college football, NFL, NHL, all going on at the the same time for about a week span. And And it's just very, very busy, but also very, very exciting. When you look at the NFL, we have week number seven, college football week number eight. You can get all of the previews for not only, uh, you know, the, the Saturday games, SEC, the Big Ten Sunday with all the NFL, my pick six column, also total talk as well. We have our value index edge, uh, which has some good numbers on the games this week if you're a power ratings uh, type of handicapper. But just a lot there. You can visit us on Twitter at TwitVI. And uh, football season is definitely big for us. And right now is extremely busy, but also very good as we give you all the information to win in football. There you go. And again, you can follow him at VI Rogers. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Kevin likes Purdue getting 24 against Nebraska. Nevada at home as an underdog getting four and a half in college. I will take Temple in the Friday night game with USF. American Athletic Conference getting seven and TCU in college on Saturday at West Virginia getting six and a half. Kevin likes the Chargers Sunday afternoon in Atlanta getting six and a half. I'll take the Seahawks and the two points on Three Dog Thursday for their matchup at Arizona on Sunday night. Kevin, enjoyed it as always. Have fun watching the games. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, TJ. There you go. There's Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, follow the show on Twitter at Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Stitcher uh, to get more on Three Dog Thursday. We will talk to you next week for the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college and pro football. It's Three Dog Thursday.